Hello, I'm Heather Hilda, darling, and welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Property. You're listening to Radio Reverb 97.2 FM and DAB. And the show is sponsored by Callaway's Estate Agents in Hove. Now, first question. Do you say yes to PropTech? I don't know about you, but I get so many inquiries in my inbox about people wanting to sell me PropTech, some of it which is very, very pertinent to what I do in my day job. And also, conveyancing. When was the latest that you were actually conveyancing a property? As you know, I've done it lots of times. I'm sure you're bored of hearing of my 22 moves, and some have been a lot quicker than others. But today, I'm very pleased to have with me Jonathan Howgill, Director of Express Legal Services Sussex. Hello to you, Jonathan. Hello, Heather. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Thank you very much for inviting me on your show. Are you sitting comfortably for the next hour? Because I am going to be grilling you a little bit. I'm fully prepared, Heather. I've got a cup of tea <laughs> and a glass of water. So excellent, excellent. So, Jonathan, I'm going to start with why. Now, any business owner has probably heard of Simon Sinek, and I'm a great fan of him, as I'm sure you are. Yes. So this why, why do you do what you do? And how are you going to change the world of conveyancing? Right. That's a very, very good questions to start off with, Heather. So I've been really considering my why over the last um, several weeks, actually, because a really good friend of mine uh, gave me uh, Simon Sinek's book, Starting With Why. Um, so I'm a good few chapters into that book, and it's really uh, challenging my mind. I've actually had a very unique journey to get to where I am now. and you know, I think that's going to be really important for me to share that journey with you and the listeners um, as I build my business. It's very difficult setting out on the road as an entrepreneur, isn't it? Yes, extremely difficult. (laughs) And sometimes as entrepreneurs perhaps don't share as much the difficulties of setting up a business and all the things you've got to think about. And I'm sure um, a lot like myself, you know, when you start out, you're not thinking about what's happening in five years time. You're just busy thinking about, right, how do I get money in to do this, to do that? Do I need an office further down the line? So what is your why? Why do you do what you do? And what was the tipping point that made you think, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go into Express Legal Services. So I probably need to go back to the beginning to answer that question. This sort of starts when I was 10 or 11 years old and I had my first paper round. And I didn't have um, a normal paper round where you go down to the news agents and you pick up your papers in the morning and they give you, you know, a couple of quid at the end of the week uh, for doing the paper round. I had a different paper round where I had to go deliver the papers and then go to each of the properties Um, and collect the money myself. So I was going directly to the customers. So that taught me from a very young age, you know, cash flow in a business um, is really important because if the the people who were buying the papers didn't pay me, then, you know, that was going to cause problems for me. That gave me a real 
insight into the business world. So, you know, I wanted to take it, take it further from there. You hear a lot of people get their inspiration from the playground. A lot of, you know, the very, very well-known entrepreneurs have started off selling something to their, you know, other friends and people in the playground itself. Yes. Would you say that's one of the best, the best entries or the best learning curve you could possibly have had? I think so, because um, like I said, I was handling, you know, pounds and pound coins and I had to go home and count all the, the money up um, from a very young age. So, you know, that physically handling that money, seeing it come and go, um, it gave me a real insight into the, you know, the business world. And it, I think it started from there. And one of the other key things that happened to me when I was younger was I actually left school with no qualifications. Um, and, you know, that that was really difficult at the time. You know, I really struggled in, in school. And it wasn't until later on in life, maybe into my 20s, that I was diagnosed with dyslexia and dyspraxia. So for a number of years, I, I couldn't really work out why you know, I, I just seemed a little bit different from everyone else. And I really struggled with academic work, um, which, you know, caused probably quite a lot of problems for the teachers <laughs> at my school at the time, you know, but I had my own things going on. And, you know, that it, bringing that back to the, today is really important for me in this journey of where I've got to now. I think it's very generous of you to share that information with us. I mean, certainly when I was at school, um, that we hadn't even heard of these words, you know, and more and more children are being diagnosed. Um, yes. We've had a couple of graduates here who've actually had um, dyslexia themselves and the support that they get nowadays is fantastic. And there's absolutely nothing stopping you going ahead and setting up a very successful business. So, well done you but where does the conveyancing come in so when uh, and I was just talking to my sister about this the other day about where my love for property comes from and again just trying to you know get get this clear is that every weekend when we were younger we were viewing properties my mum and dad used to love moving <laughs> so every weekend we would be out viewing properties where it felt like every weekend when I was a child, maybe it wasn't as much as that, but we certainly, you know, had a, a lot of insight into estate agents, spending time in there, looking at brochures, um, you know, that that experience, just doing that on a weekend basis almost became like a hobby. Um, Can you be my 22 moves, though? <laughs> I, I think my dad might be able to, but I need to check, check with him about that. Maybe not as much as 22. Um, but, yeah, so I've, I think, you know, that, again, from a young age, um, I, and I just found it really interesting, you know, looking around different properties, looking at the prices of properties, why some were more, why some were different. So that's where my property interest started. And then from there... Um, after I left school with my no qualifications, I was really quite lucky to um, undertake an apprenticeship in an estate agent. Um, and that was in Portsmouth. And that is a job which I really, really enjoyed. And I can actually remember some of the days quite vividly, you know, on that. And I was 16 at the time. Um, again, just viewing the properties, booking viewings, going out with the senior negotiators, driving around, having the morning meeting 
um, you know, where you discuss what what's on what's on the books, um, what what's going through, what's not going through, what do we need to push? And I, I love that job. I mean, I think it only lasted about six months in the end, and they may have taken a little bit of advantage of us because I was out doing the canvassing quite a lot that summer, you know. So um, hopefully they didn't didn't just take me on as a friend. Oh, I think they were teaching you what it was like to be an entrepreneur when you virtually have to do everything yourself to start with. So <laughs> Yes, no, that's a really good point, Heather. Yeah, I didn't, you know, I hadn't thought of it like that, but maybe, you know, putting them hard yards in and walking yeah. the streets, you know, is a real, real connection there. Now, we've sort of looked at the why you do it, but what really does make you get out of bed in the morning? I mean, clearly, you're still at the beginnings, really, of yes. your business. Yes. And, you know, this is the time when you've really sometimes you've either yes. got, oh, I'm so passionate, I'm going to get up, I'm going to get through yes. this. Is yes. that how you feel when you wake up in the morning? So uh, initially, and it's still there to a certain extent, a lot of what I've done in my life is to prove people wrong. Um, because of what happened to me before. So a lot of my determination comes from, uh, you know, desire of mainly teachers and some some previous employers that I'm going to show you. That's my sort of attitude. I'm going to show you that I can do this. So that's where it initially came from. But I think, especially over the last couple of years, that that energy, even though some of that's still there, it's changing to go, well, I've had these really uh, unique experiences. And what can I do now to inspire other people uh, with my business? Say, you know, thinking about offering apprenticeships to young people and supporting them or working with a, you know, a local employment scheme um, to try and support people to get back into work. They're, they're, you know, real things that I'm considering and passing my experience on to um without going trying to change track of your your questions i actually um went back to university in my 20s so i went back and retook all of my qualifications i went to evening school and retook my gcse's i went back to university did an access course and i went to university and got a degree in property surveying from portsmouth university so um that having that education was extremely important to me. It wasn't until I got to my early 20s that, you know, I, I thought, oh, no, I need to go back and do this. Uh, it felt like there was something missing. So that has led me into this, this sector until now. But I'm trying not to jump around. But for the last 10 years, um, I've been a social worker. So, uh, like I said at the start of this interview, I've had a real unique journey to get to where I am now, and I'm keen keen to share that. But don't you think the more experiences you have in life, the more you sort of bring all those skill sets to do whatever it is you decide to choose to do? Absolutely. Uh, um, you know, that it, it, my experience has been so unique, you know, that I've um, communicated with some of the most vulnerable people in society, you know, working with young offenders in, in prison, um, adults who'd suffer from, you know, uh, severe mental health difficulties, um, young people, you know, at risk of child sexual exploitation. So one end, end, end of society, if you like, and then to another end of society where I'm working with, you know, partners in law firms and communicating with 
chief executive officers of large large companies. So, yeah, I mean that experience has, like I said, it's just you know I feel feel very well rounded now to get to this point to start an express legal services Sussex. That's brilliant. So what I really want to hear now is you've yes. told me a bit about your background. Yes. Where has the digital background come from? I mean, I, I remember as well going out when I worked with the um, an estate agency back in the 80s, you know, going out with the tape measure and writing everything down in shorthand and then having to transcribe it back at the office and all the photocopiers and the gestetners and everything. Uh, Probably some people are going, what's a Gestetner? Yeah, I know. I know. Um, so digital, you know, this has really come to the fore, particular during lockdown. But of course, we were using a lot of computers and software and sometimes some very rudimentary um, CRM systems. Not not that long ago. Yes. We still have estate agents talking about their hot boxes and they literally do mean the box on their desks. I've got one in my office at the moment. That's my husband. He loves his hot box. Okay. <laughs> Good luck to him. Um, so where did your digital background come from or was that part and parcel of when you did your degree at university? Yeah, I think I'm just of the generation. I'm, you know, again, don't mind sharing, I'm 41 years old. So I'm just of the generation that I think just crossed over in time for that digital age. So it was, you know, more coming in when I was at university in my 20s. So, yeah, I'm fortunate. I'm not, you know, I work with some some brave, very clever young people who work at our head office who are IT, you know, whizzes. So that support there is invaluable because what they do you know i'm learning a lot from them all of the time about the digital world and it's very very fast moving as you know so um yeah i I feel like i'm you know up to speed with the digital world but um we definitely have more of a larger support team behind us express legal services who are leading that ship you said you often spoke to CEOs of uh, large firms, etc. Do you think yes. that's still a very, very important part of your business that you have these? I don't know whether they're face to face or meetings, live meetings with people. How important is that versus all the digital work that goes on behind the scenes? I think it's uh, probably as important, if not more important, to have that personal touch. And that, that is something that, you know, we we like to say is unique, not completely unique to us because people are, are available, but I have a local telephone number in Brighton, which people can call me on directly if they need to get through to me, if they have any queries. Um, one of my favorite things to do is to go out for a coffee and have a chat because I think you can get so much more done and get to know someone much better, you know, just over that half an hour or an hour coffee than perhaps you can, you know, communicating via email or or messenger. And it's just, it's very nice to, you know, I enjoy it. You know, that's a really important part of my personality. And And of course we're spoiled for cafes in Brighton, aren't we? Well, we are. I mean, <laughs> every time I look at my bank statement, I think that, you know, I'm, I'm spoiling them, you know, going through the list of uh, coffees. But, you know, no, it, it, I, it is a great place to live. You know, if you love your coffee, Brighton, you, you can't go wrong. Tell me, what makes Express Legal Services Sussex unique in your estimation? 
So I would say that we have all of the technology that a, a solicitor conveyancer will need. You know, we can um, integrate with uh, most of their case management systems that they use. So we have the IT platform, but alongside that, we have the personal touch as well of having a local person with local knowledge who's here on the ground, who's available to speak to if there's any, any queries on searches, which often there are, you know, they can get, get through to us and query everything. But alongside that, we, you know, do have a, a fantastic IT service as well. We all know that conveyancing can take rather a long time. Um, yes. <laughs> and how much do you think your service can help a conveyancer or a solicitor, bearing in mind that they've generally got lots of files on the go all at the same time. They may have their clients on their back saying, have you sent the draft contracts out yet? Have you got the searches back? You know, uh, are we close to exchange? Uh, what else have I got to do? What about the mortgage offer? Have you got that yet? How much can your system help solicitors? I would say that we see ourselves as an extension of their business. So we, you know, that's the way that I, I and um, Express Legal Services like to view ourselves. So we're very much there working alongside them to support as much as they need. You know, a lot of the conveyances that I've spoken to in the short time that I've been uh, operating, they're really stressed. You know, they're inundated with work, emails, telephone calls. Um, it's a really, really hard role that they have, especially now um, and especially coming through um, the pandemic and the um, stamp duty. Holiday. Yes, that's, sorry, that's what the term I was trying to use, stamp duty holiday, where they... Um, their work levels were extreme. So oh, I say that we would sit alongside them um, within their business and provide them with as much support as they, they need to get their role done. I think it's like many of us, you know, in the good old olden days, a lot of company owners um, would have had their own maybe personal assistant or secretary or a team of secretaries. Mm. Now we're all expected to do everything all at the same time whilst also being digitally able to carry out all sorts of things and I find that sometimes when I've forgotten somebody's name and I think well how do I I know I spoke to that person how do I find it on my system if the system doesn't actually easily allow me to find it but of course there are lots of forms to be filled in with conveyancing in property, but you have been awarded a National Land Information Service license. That's yes. what, that almost sounds like a qualification in itself. What well, is it? Um, okay, so I'm, I, I, I will try and answer this as best as I can. So we are delighted to be awarded this uh, license. It's taken a, a lot of hard work from uh, the team at head office, working alongside the NLIS, um, you know, to get that. And I think that is a real statement from Express Legal Services about our capacity to integrate our systems into the digital world. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, it, it enables our system to integrate with the NLIS system to order official searches. Uh, which can speed up the process, you know, dramatically. This is the world of Radio Reverb. 
I think I counted something like 56 different services on your website, which was astounding. Yes. <laughs> which which is the most popular one in terms of um, conveyancing, the ones that really have to be used by solicitors? Wow. Well, they only have to go to your website and have a look at all the forms there that they can use, surely. Yes. Of all the 56 services that you offer, obviously there are some that perhaps are more for standard conveyancing. Um, so which packages would they generally look for? You said, I think, the service search pack. Yes, that's correct. Yeah, so that's they, the most. That's the top of the list, is it? The search pack. Yes. So they, they the main products that they order are free products in the search pack. So that's the uh, local authority search, and that it searches the local land charges at the relevant council office and the Con Twenty Nine questions, which are devised by the Law Society. There's a drainage and water search as well. So that searches the um, utilities at the property. And then alongside that is an environmental report, which searches the environmental issues at the property, for example, flood risk, uh, contaminated land uh, as well, which, you know, if you're, I always relate this back to if you're buying a property, you very, very much need to know everything you can do about that property. Um, and then, then searches and then reports provide that information to the solicitor to pass that on to the purchaser. Now, this may be a little bit controversial, but obviously with property transactions taking a long time, do you think these packs should be available before somebody puts in an offer? That's a very good question. I mean, one of the areas of work that I, I've started entering into in the local area is auction packs. So, you know, if you're buying an auction property and you have a legal pack, then often all of that information is available before someone puts an offer in. So, you know, I can see where you're going with that question. Um, but trying to who would pay for that searches before the cost of that, if you, you know, I guess the average price of a search pack being open and transparent is about £300. So who would, you know, pay for that before someone... Uh, made an offer on a property be one of the questions that would need to be resolved. But yeah, yeah, I'm not sure. Well, it is really only regurgitating the home information pack, isn't it? Which, yes. in a sense, was a really good thing to bring in. And then they got rid of it. The government just dispatched it. Um, and of course, now I think the more information that conveyances and solicitors have at the outset, the quicker they are likely to deliver everything they need to do to make the transactions quicker in the long run for their clients. Yes, yes. No, I can definitely see what you're saying there. Yep, yep. Okay. So what would you say the biggest success that you've had so far in perhaps it might have been vis-a-vis -a, -vis a client who bought into your services who just really didn't know what to expect? What What would you say the most you know, that moment when somebody goes, wow, I wish I'd had this sooner. So, the, well, the biggest success that I've had so far is um, I, I opened this office of business in October um, 2021. And in February, we ran our first CPD event at the Amex Football Stadium in Brighton. 
And uh, what we did there is we brought in a, a very well-known advocate and lecturer of uh, conveyancing uh, leasehold property down to Brighton. Um, and he ran a seminar um, actually on leasehold property for 25 solicitors and conveyancers. And that went down an absolute storm. The, you know, the local um, firms came back and they really came, sorry, came out. They really supported the event and got behind me and and the service which i was really grateful for um and especially at that time we were just coming out of um covid restrictions as well so you know there was naturally some nervousness about um attending such such an event and it was an absolute fan you know absolutely fantastic day and following that uh success i was fortunate enough to take on a few few clients locally you know, and quite well-known solicitors in in the Brighton area. So um, I've been, you know, really uh, grateful for the support that I've received from the local businesses in the area since since I opened. And that it, it feels like a real community spirit, if you like, amongst um, the local both solicitors and estate agents. Actually, you know, to... I expect a lot of them were thinking, why wasn't this available before? Well, and I think that is that's exactly it because often um, they they were having to go up to London, you know, for these events um, to get their CPD and their training in CPD continued professional development that um, you know solicitors are uh, required to do as part of their their training. You know, they're having to go up to uh, London and often they have to pay for their this, and we put on that um, event for free. So. You know, and what a lovely venue as well. I'm sure that helped. The Amex was fantastic. <laughs> um, you know, they were asking, when, when are you putting the next event on? Um, you know, are you so, a football fan? A Seagulls fan? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Um, yes, definitely. definitely. It helps, doesn't it? <laughs> Do you think things can only get better in the future of the conveyancing process? I think so. Yeah, I mean, look, going back to the digital age, you know, all of our systems integrate into other systems, especially the land registry service. So, when we're holding this um, this information about a property is being put into our system, for example, an AML check, an anti money laundering check, which is required, that puts in all the information about uh, the purchaser. And then that information can be carried over right at the start of the transaction to the end of the transaction when that information needs to be submitted to the land registry. So that definitely is going to save solicitors and conveyances time, um, you know, from repeated data entry. I think that is, you know, a definite sign of where, you know, things are, are speeding up, you know, becoming more in line perhaps with other industries. I think this is where people get a little bit fed up. I mean, certainly in our industry, they're asked to provide all their anti-money laundering at the outset so that we know they actually owe the property that they're going to sell yes. or rent out. Yes. Then when the solicitor comes along, they have to prove who they are again. Yes. And I, I sort of wonder, well, why doesn't the solicitor believe that we've done it already and then the other solicitor has to do it and then it has to... It, it really is very, very time-consuming and monotonous. Yes, yeah, and I can see the duplication in the work there, you know, yep. as they're doing that. Um, I, I, I'm not sure on the answer for that at the moment, Heather, because it's all about compliance, isn't it? I mean, one yep. thing which I would um, like to uh, point out is that 
you know, all of this personal information that people are inputting into, you know, passing on, um, especially in this day and age uh, with identity theft and um, fraudulent activity, um, is that we express legal services are registered with Cyber Essentials Plus, which is a government scheme to ensure that we are regulated to um, only hold that personal data for a certain amount of time that's required before it's deleted. And that, again, was a, a large, large piece of work which was completed by our head office um, and our IT team uh, up there, which, again, gives our clients and then their clients peace of mind that their data is safe with us because, you know, that as I said at the start, that is in highly important in this day and age about security of personal details. No, absolutely. I mean, there's scams coming up every single day of fraud, theft and people accessing others' bank accounts, it's really very, very scary. And especially now we're carrying virtually all of our lives on a mobile phone. Yes. Um, we really have to be careful with all of that. So yes. in a nutshell, what would you say is wrong with England? Let's just stick to England, with England's conveyancing industry. <laughs> That's a very good question. I mean, I, I'm not sure if I'm you know, at this stage of my journey, if I'm, you know, fully qualified, without dodging your question there, but fully qualified to um, answer that that question, I, I'm just picking up on some of the issues that I, I've spoken to solicitors and conveyances about. And, you know, like I said, they, they're inundated with phone calls and emails, which I, I can appreciate, you know, if you're buying a property, it's the largest thing, one of the largest things you're going to do in your life. So, Trying to manage that workload for them is a real big issue. And you only have to go on LinkedIn, you know, to see some of the posts from solicitors and conveyances about um, their experiences. And I can really relate to that because of my um, previous experience as a social worker. I find it quite similar, um, some of the issues that they're speaking about, the large amounts of paperwork and phone calls that they're they're having to deal with. But then the flip side of that is, is that it has to be done. You know, because it, it's such an important transaction that, um, you know, that compliance is, is really needed. So I, I think there's a balance to be struck, but I'm not quite sure what that is, is myself. Um, at the I moment. think the government's spoken about reducing red tape, but it just seems to be now a red line across our computer screens, you know, that nobody shall cross until... 20,000 boxes have been ticked. But I do agree with you. It is all necessary because of the fraud um, going on. But yeah. I read, I can't remember when it was, I read recently that the average conveyancing process takes 259 days. And I thought, no, surely not. Surely it can't be. So generally, I sort of think it's between 8 and 12 weeks. Yes. How how quickly do you think we could get it done with all the checks and balances being done online through your system? So, I mean, you know, the quickest search that I can probably turn around, and I'm just talking about Brighton and Hope for, for searches, is around five to seven working days of get, getting that search pack that we spoke about before, um, you know, back to the solicitor and conveyancer. And then... You know, new built property is a real area which in in Sussex is you know is is big. There's lots and lots of new built property. So um, once we have um, that information about a new built property on our system, 
that can translate to the next one because um, that information is often the same. It needs to be double checked. So, you know, we're really building up um, a portfolio of information um, on, on lots of properties around in Sussex, which is the area that we cover. So, you know, the bit that we can do to support the conveyances, you know, it is as quick as it can be. Bearing in mind, we're waiting often on information from the local authorities or, or our councils and trying to get back to answer your question. Um, you know, if things are straightforward, then I, I'm sure the solicitors and conveyances are, you know, working their hardest to get, get it completed because it's in their interest to, to do that as well for, for their firms. But sometimes, and again, talking to them recently, there are issues which, you know, can take up more time that go on behind the scenes. If lots of queries are being, being raised um, by either party, then that can result in delay. So I, I just think it's too hard to to give an exact answer because um, there's lots of different variables that that can come up, um, which can can delay the process. Um, and we do know that freehold property is generally more straightforward than yes. leasehold property, for example. So yes. in terms of leasehold properties, i.e., flats, etc. Is information from managing agents going to be freely available along this? Because obviously when you go to land registry, you can see some of these right to manage leases, etc. Yes. Is that included in the services that Express Legal Services offers? We can um, try and we can obtain that information if that's requested, you know, by the solicitor or conveyancer. You know, we can go directly to the land registry and pick up, you know, that information again if it's there. But I, I was searching on an auction property just the other day and it wasn't, it's not registered with the land registry. So that still happens. It's a bit of a shock when it does, isn't it? Yes. When you can't find a title, that is really quite strange. So, so, you know, that again, and that's going to delay things, isn't it? You know, if that's not uh, registered. So there's no there's no exact solution to these these issues um, at the moment. When we're talking about the national data infrastructure, um, I mean, obviously, you've got to stay confidential about how you get all your information from, etc. But it's the sort of thing that I think, why do I have to go to the EPC register to get the EPC of a property, providing it's had an EPC? Why couldn't I get that from the land registry as well? So are there other areas where you think you could make all this information or put it all together in one simple report? So I think you might be talking about a regulated local authority search when you talk about that, because that is a a report that we do provide. Um, So you have a regulated search and you have an official council search. You know, there's some argument that but actually you know, both searches are official because you're gathering the information from the same source, which is, I think, what you're speaking about there. So our regulated searches that that we offer is us going to the council and asking them um, for the information that they hold and then researching the other uh, databases which are available and going to look at the land charges at the the council office, which are uh, free to view by or ask requests from, from the council by anyone. And that what I was talking about were the energy performance certificates, which you can get from the government's website yes. under EPC register, but they're in a different place to the land registry. So why doesn't the land registry 
which is part of the government services anyway, and the EPC register, you know, put those two together and you've got it all in one place. Yes. No, I think that's a very good point. But my experience of council and government systems is that they can be different and they can be separate. So, you know, that 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 is part of the challenge of working in this area of trying to, um, you know, find out where that information is held and who holds it and how you obtain it. Um, and that is where the expert knowledge comes in and um, the training comes in of, of, and of gathering that information in various different systems, you know, that we operate. If you've just joined us, you're listening to Heather Helder Darling speaking to Jonathan Howgill, Director of Express Legal Services Sussex. Now, you've already missed some interesting information that Jonathan shared with us, but you can always listen again on podcast. And this will be available from the 8th, sorry, the 9th of May. Um, so look out for it on LinkedIn and other social platforms. So, Jonathan, I'm now going to ask you, carrying on on, this is what it's all about, really, isn't it? Technology. So continual investment in the latest technologies is an essential part in delivering efficiencies together with economies of scale. And that's as much an estate agency as it is within conveyancing services, I'm sure. How do you see your partnership with the National Land Information Service working to achieve? Are you feeding back to them what you think is necessary? Are they feeding back to you and perhaps you're doing some testing? How does it work? So I think it started off as a very, very, and this is the information that I've had from our head office team um, that have been working extremely um, hard on this partnership that, you know, there's regular communication between the two parties about what's working and maybe what's not working well. As with any systems and integrations, there's often teething problems and they, you know, need to be worked out and and resolved. And we've been doing that on, ongoing work over the last a uh, couple of months since uh, I think it was February that um, we started our, uh, we obtained our license with them. And again, you know, I think as people get more geared up with working with technology, we come become more accustomed to it, having things land in an inbox instead of in a big brown envelope. Yes. And, you know, the sharing, I, I suppose in a sense, it sounds a little bit like, uh, are you familiar with Dropbox, you know, where people can share kind of Dropbox folders rather than having to send an individual uh, document to every person. Yes, exactly. And I, I think we have um, a fantastic computer ordering system that solicitors and conveyances use when they, you know, request searches or other documents or products from us. You know, it's a very user-friendly system, which is, you know, highly important in, in like we were speaking about before, time is of the essence you know, um, say, um, for example, they, they can go onto our ordering system and put one click to order all of the reports that they, they need. Um, and that can take a couple of minutes to, to, to do that. So that is a, a highly important aspect of the service that we offer. Radio Reverb. Making music night and day. 97.2 FM.
Is there a danger, though, that because it's all achieved at the click of a button, that people expect it even quicker? I know if I have to wait a millisecond for something on Google to come up, I start getting irritated. Yes, yes. <laughs> you know, I think if we could turn around and say, look, it's a very straightforward conveyancing process. We've got one vendor. We've got one purchaser, very straightforward mortgage offer. It's a freehold property. We should be able to get your conveyancing done within 12 weeks. And I think like lots of clients, they like to be over delivered to, don't they? So if you think it's 12 weeks and you deliver it within yes. 11 weeks, yes. then they're, they're very pleased with that. So the same with conveyancing. If this system means that all the documents are there at the click of a button for everybody to share, a bit like, as I said, Dropbox or Property File, whatever system you use, then everybody has the same information at the same time. And that will probably stop a lot of properties from falling through because of chains breaking down, um, you know, people having too much work and not dedicating the time to a particular file. Yes. Um, you know, if there are unsatisfactory inquiries, for example, you know, all these things that can make the conveyancing system so slow and laborious just by making a few improvements along all those lines will speed up the process. Yes, and um, I'm trying my best not to sell all of our products on this um, on your radio show, Heather, but we actually have a fantastic piece of software which um, integrates all of the professionals together involved in the property transaction. So, um, And that can include the... Um, the purchaser and the vendor as well together. So uh, along with the estate agent, the financial advisor and the conveyancer. So it, it provides, a, rather than phone calls and emails asking where they are up to date in the chain, this piece of software, Quote Me Plus, and they enables each of them individual parties to log on and see where they are in the process um, and what they're waiting on. For example, if you're waiting on a survey, you know, that, that will be uploaded in there and i think that's going to save save a lot of time so that's a, a piece of software that we actually offer for free uh, to solicitors and conveyances who use our searches yeah I, I think i've had first-hand experience of that because one of the properties that's going through at the moment has a similar i don't know i better check it's not one of <laughs> one of your businesses um and every week without fail i get an email telling me whether there's been extra activity yes. on the folder or on the file. And it's just marvellous because normally you don't hear from solicitors. But of course, you know, this is where you're not sure whether things are going wrong or whether some perhaps uh, misunderstanding has occurred that you need to sort out. So something like that where I can literally, oh, I've got the email, great. Yes, I can see something's happened. I click into the folder and then I've got all the information there. It's absolutely brilliant. I'm not wasting the solicitor's time at all. I think it's wonderful, really wonderful. Yes, yes, it is an excellent piece of software, and I, I think it is designed to to save time. Um, it's almost, yeah, yeah, I'm not, yeah, it, it is, it is very, very good. 
that you were talking earlier about fraud and scamming, etc. We've got to balance the speed of the conveyancing process with the safety and security of online data. And obviously, that is down to all of us who are using computers um, to make sure we've got the right different subscription services for viruses, etc. And firewalls. What I would like to ask is, how much more do you think the system has to improve to make it, you can't make everything fireproof or theft proof, but I know a lot of solicitors now are saying, you know, if you get an email asking you to change the account to which you send the completion monies, yeah. it's probably not from us, you've been hacked or we've been hacked. Yes, does that help using a system like yours to keep everything much more secure? Um, yes. I mean, like I said previously, you know, we're, we're very proud to be a, a member of Cyber Essentials Plus, which is the government scheme, which is a, is a, a hell of a lot of work that is required to be registered with that. So, you, you know, um, clients, solicitors, conveyances can be rest assured that that data is as safe as it can be in this in this time. Um, and also the other service that uh, we work with is the lawyer checker service as well, which is another preventative in terms of uh, fraud um, which is is definitely on the rise, um, but it is a very scary time. You know, we can't can't get away from that. Um, I, I personally have been the victim of identity fraud um, over the last um, couple of months, and it was it was very very difficult. Um, you know, to experience that myself personally. Yeah, no, I think a lot of us have had that from start to finish. When you go and see a client, so a solicitor or a conveyancer. How do you introduce the product to them? Say they've decided, yes, I'm going to sign up to this. It's going to save me X number of hours a day, a month. Do you take them through a training program or is it all pretty straightforward? It's, it's very straightforward because often um, the people in their practice um, are okay with ordering systems and ordering the searches with us. Um, but if not, then, you know, we're available to talk them through uh, what is required to do. And that can be done in person or quicker via video call as well. So there's an actual button on our ordering system where they can um, request support and arrange um, a, a video call to do that. What we also do is if a client is not sure about um, joining our service, we offer or I would like to offer them, you know, like a trial. So um, they can come and experience some of our, our reports. There's no commitment to, to join our, our service. So there's no sign-in, there's no contract. And we're very proud of that, you know, that um, we like to think that the clients are going to be so happy that once they come, they don't want to leave. Yes, that's how it should be, isn't it? But what have been the biggest hurdles, apart from obviously pulling everything together and starting up? a business which in effect it is you've had to start from scratch really but you've pulled your previous experience as an apprentice estate agent and your <laughs> property surveying um where have the struggles been mostly in explaining to clients why they need to use this service and how long does it take them to understand the benefits of it 
So I'm going to choose my words correctly now um, or carefully. And solicitors uh, traditionally um, hard to change their minds, if you like, or once they have a service which they know and they they feel like they trust, even though even though they're maybe not getting some of the service that they um, deliver, it takes them a while to change change their mind and change their supplier. And I think a lot of people are, are like that, actually, especially something that they rely on so heavily. So I think it's about um, building relationships and uh, connections. I, I, I really, and, and building trust. And a lot of that comes from um, my previous work that I've done. Um, and as much as I want to take on new business and new clients, I'm not in a rush. You know, I, I'm here for with this business for the long haul. Um, I'm not here to come, you know, for for a year and take on clients and then not be happy with the service and then leave. I, I want to build long-lasting clients and relationships, and that's going to take time, you know, for to do that. Um, and you can only do that by doing what you say you're going to do. So, you know, agreeing dates uh, when reports are going to be returned, and if there are problems, which sometimes they are because it's unpredictable, just being honest about that. You know, there's a delay on this um, this search for this this reason. Um, I think people in all different walks of life or industries, but in in this world, they appreciate that because they understand. So I, I, that's one of my values that's important to me is being honest. You know, just today actually, I returned um, a, a report which I looked back and I realised that there was an error with it. So I, I, I phoned the solicitor directly and said, look, I'm really sorry. I sent this to you yesterday and I realised that there's a, a very quite a small mistake, um, but I'm going to redo that report um, because that is important to me to make sure that it's right. Um, so I think all of them aspects are, they're, they're important to me and important to, to the work that I do. But it's going to take a while, you know, in this area. It's going to take a while, and I'm prepared for that. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. I mean, building relationships takes a long time, and it's very easy for those to break. Um, yes. But going back to your comment about changing systems, mm. obviously where we have our CRM system, we've actually changed our CRM system probably four times in 14 years. And, of course, it's disruptive as well. So I think you can understand why people go very softly, softly and think about, okay, it's not quite the same as the one we had before. And maybe there are extra options that you can have and do we need them, but it hasn't got this. So I don't think people change systems lightly because of all the complications that can come. The downtime maybe if the new system doesn't work quite as well as it should do or the operators aren't using it quite as well as they should have done. But I think what most people want nowadays is excellent customer service. So quite rightly, as you say, if things go wrong, you hold your hand up, you say something's gone wrong here. Um, let's get it right. Let's put it right. You know, it might be a couple of extra days, but the fact that you've pointed out or we've pointed out that it's gone wrong so much the better because then I don't think that they can say very much it's just one of those things we're all human after all aren't we 
Exactly, exactly. And I, I've learned that during my time that, it, it, you know, it, it's best to be upfront with people uh, and honest. If mistakes happen, um, as, as you said, we're all human. You, you know, you need to um, hold your hands up and, and and do that. We don't make many, but um, when they do happen... Well, the computer takes care of those, doesn't it? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's definitely the computer's fault as to why, why that happened. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I, I like to pride myself on that. I, I and that comes from a lot of values that I have, you know, honesty and integrity. You know, I can't, if, if I know that that's happened, I can't sleep at night because it, it will worry me, you know. So I, that that's just something which is ingrained in me um, about making things right. Um, we like to get it right first time, obviously, and more often than not, we do. But nothing is perfect, is it? No, it certainly isn't. So going back to, we started with why, didn't we? Yes, I'm still working okay. my way through that. <laughs> so what's, your, what's going to be your next step to change the world of conveyancing? I want to build this, this, this business that I've been lucky enough to um, come into uh, based on a very, very strong foundation of, of values um, which are important to me. Um, where we provide a, a fantastic service to solicitors and conveyancers um, in a very open and transparent way. Um, and I think that comes back to excellent customer service. It's, everything is about service. We do have the IT systems, um, which you know we've spoken about and which is uh, demonstrated um, with our, our license with the land information service. So, you know, I, I think in this, this area of Sussex, which is the territory that I have, I want to be known as the go-to person, if you like, um, in this area for searches, for property searches and reports, um, which, you know, they can be done in a very timely manner, but with good relationships. No, I know you like reading. Um, yes. Don't I, Jonathan? So. Yeah. I many many years ago I read In Search of Excellence by Tom Peters and Robert Waterman. It may be a little bit out of date now, but I think I think the main principles are there. So if you if you want to read something about excellence, that is a super book to read. Just to finish, I cannot believe it. I told you the hour would go quickly. Um, I want to ask you. Just three questions. Well, I want you to give me three answers to my question. Wave your digital magic wand and tell me how we could balance the need for more homes against the length of time it takes for conveyancing to be gone through. That's a very, very good question with the magic wand. Um, I, I think uh, I think if a lot of the information is made available in one place, um, whether that's uh, via the council or, or other systems where you know where that information is available um, and can be gathered into one system, which is then accessible by all the parties, I think that will speed up the process a lot. And also, I would say that, you know, getting all your documents together in advance, you know, be ready for when you sell your property. I was actually in preparation for this ever listening to a couple of your other podcasts and I can't remember the gentleman's name who came on, but he was you, you were speaking to him about that and uh, gathering, you know, for example, uh, building control, fencer data, having that in a, a folder 
with all of that information is really, you know, important to have available. Our searches almost act as like a backup to that because that's the same information that we're gathering. So if them uh, reports are, are not available or that information isn't there, that's what we're, we're searching for. And I suppose the last one is if the conveyancing isn't going quick enough, you either pressurise your conveyancer or you complain or you ask them, are they not signed up to your service? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, we would like all the solicitors and conveyancers to sign up to our service, um, that's for sure. Um, yeah, but I, I, like I said, I think that's going to, it's going to take time and it's going to take relationship building you know, for us to achieve that. But we're, we're well on the way to, to, to making a, a good start and um, I'm just going to keep going. Have you got any more webinars um, in the offing, Jonathan? Yes, 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 we do. We um, uh, Our webinars launched uh, during the lockdown period um, and they've been extremely successful. Um, we often have three or 400 solicitors and conveyances um, attend our, our webinars. And um, I, I just received um, a message yesterday about the ones that are planned uh, for the summer um, with us. Actually, a very good friend of mine, local um, solicitor, who I, I play golf with, and I know that you uh, play I'm golf. a golfer too, yes. I know you're a golfer <laughs> too, Heather, which uh, we, must, we must arrange a game at some point. Or they, <laughs> as long um, as we don't talk about conveyancing, or maybe we should. <laughs> no, but when you told me you're a handicap, I thought I'd better not play you, actually. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so I, I just received um, uh, a message about our up-and-coming uh, webinars that are coming um, this year, uh, this summer, sorry. And um, I've got the details of them here. So, um, and people sign up now? They can sign up now. They've uh, released on LinkedIn. So we advertise them there. So the first one is preparing for an SA SRA visit. Then we've got um, one called the Compl Compliance Journey. Then the next one is uh, Defective Title Insurance. And the last one for this summer season is top 10 tips to avoid negligence claims, which is highly important um, in this day and age for solicitors and conveyances. Yeah, I'm sure it is. Finally, finally, where can people get in touch with you? Tell me your website, any social media that you're on, and give us your office number as well, please, Jonathan. Yeah, certainly. So if people search on Google Express Legal Services Sussex uh, or Express Legal Services, that takes you to the direct um, website for ourselves and they can put do the find office and put the postcode in um, and that will give you a local office. I am a big LinkedIn user. So LinkedIn is where, where I'm uh, regularly posting. Um, so just my name, Jonathan Howgill. I think there isn't many of us have got quite a unique surname. So you should be able to find me on there. And I've got a local telephone number uh, in Brighton, which is 01273 526061. Um, and my office is based at Maritime House in Hove, uh, right near to the lagoon. Uh, Hove oh, lagoon. right. 
So yeah, I've got, and I've got, I'm sure I pass that every time I'm in Hove, actually. So oh, yes. there we go. I got Hove and actually in the same phrase. Oh, I didn't nearly quite... say actually, but I thought I better not. So I left that to you. <laughs> I said it for you. Jonathan, thank you so much for being with me this afternoon. Um, I love all this property stuff. Um, you know, I think making it all a lot simpler for clients and all the people involved within the property buying and selling industry. It's just fascinating, isn't it? That very soon we should have a place where we can all go and get what we need um, at the Click of a button, let's say. So you've been listening to Heather Hilda Darling on Radio Reverb 97.2 FM and DAB. My guest today on Let's Talk Property was Jonathan Howgill, Director of Express Legal Services, Sussex.